Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to be honest this morning. Expected nothing less, right? The person of Solomon sometimes is a little bit strange for me, and I never know quite what to do with him. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he a role model or is he not? This Old Testament reading this morning tends to be seen in a positive light. In children's Bibles and Sunday school stories, we may learn how humble Solomon was and how wise he was. We may use this story as a tool for us to understand that what we should actually pray for. However, when we truly dig into the heart of the story, we will find more than we probably bargained for. You see, I'm supposed to take us and put us in Solomon's story. Try to make some sort of connection or application from what's going on in his life to what is going on in our own. Instead, what happened when I did that was Solomon's story became actually more of a judgment upon me. Particularly on my life as a pastor. Let me show you what I mean. So we all know something about Solomon. We have that great book of Proverbs and Solomon's building of that big, massive temple. Let's be honest, Solomon is a stand-up guy, right? I mean, that's how the children's Bible stories portray him, and that's how we like to see him. At the same time, I can't really overlook some of the major pitfalls in Solomon's life. As much as we want to call Solomon wise, I can't ignore those haunting concubines and the very fact that Solomon walks away from God. The very God who gave him everything he had. He just walked away. So when I call him wise, it just feels like I'm lying to myself and to you trying to pretend that Solomon was such a great guy, a great example of the faith. You see, this whole event of Solomon talking to God really becomes quite uncomfortable for me. And if you really think about it, it becomes uncomfortable for all of us. Why does Solomon just totally mess it up? See, everything was going great. And then in chapter 11, Solomon just goes right off the rails. What happened? If Solomon was so wise, why wasn't he really, well, wise? You see, it's at this point that I start feeling as though I'm standing over Solomon. I'm kind of making a judgment over him. As though I'm standing over him and able to tell him whether he was right or wrong. Just because I live in the world of the New Testament. But the reality is, Solomon is uncomfortable for me because it's not Solomon that's the problem. You see, Solomon is just a mirror of myself. I think that the story of Solomon is actually quite convicting for all of us together as the many members of the body of Christ than we would actually care to admit. 
You see, it's easy for us to look at Solomon and be confused as to why he would walk away from God himself and ignore the gifts that God had given him. How could he make such a fatal error? Why would he think that he needs more than what God has given him? The problem is that while I'm asking those questions about Solomon, here I am sitting in my office at the church, digging through commentary after commentary, flying through the pages of my Bible, doing the exact same thing Solomon did. I look at Solomon and wonder, why would he want more? Why was the wisdom God gave him not enough? We think about Solomon and think about how we function daily in our lives. You and I have this gift of faith and an opportunity to dig deeply into the Scriptures and seek out the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The whole meaning and entire drive of the Scriptures is sitting right there in front of us at our disposal. Yet day after day we go about our day often ignoring this gift that we have been given from our God. This is what we do. We have this treasure trove of riches right there in our laps. Everything we could possibly need is sitting right there in front of us. Life and salvation are in this text. And yet, it isn't enough for us. We are all like a bunch of little Solomons. The Word of God that sits before us just isn't enough. You see, we look at Solomon and wonder how he could be so foolish. How could he ignore something that is so utterly obvious, yet here we are going through this precious life that we've been given, searching for that next great thing. The next big thing that will wow and amaze us. Even when we actually do sit down with God's Word in our laps and read it or go to church and hear it read to us, at times it doesn't satisfy our own theological needs. Like little Solomons, we cry more, you see. We just ignore entirely the very gift of Jesus. The Christ, the very purpose, the identity, and the very reason that all of us are here this morning in this place. You see, the whole purpose of 1 Kings chapter 3 is that it's not about Solomon. It's not about his words. It's not about his actions. But it is all about what God does. It's about his work and it's about his gift. His abundant gift for Solomon. And you see, it's the exact same for us too. What's important about us and what's important about this place is that it's all about God's gift to us. His gift to us in His Son, Jesus. And that is what our life here at the church is all about. Filled with moments when we actually receive Jesus Christ day in and day out. But too often, we just overlook it or ignore it. But we do receive that gift of Jesus in the words written on the pages of our Bible. But not only that, it is spoken in the voices of those who teach in Bible class. We receive the gift of Christ from our own peers. 
as we have those occasional discussions about our Savior and all that He has done for us. We receive the gift of Christ through the words of the hymns and songs that we sing. We experience it through their melodies and the sound of our voices and the instruments that practically shake our very soul. As we sing and we listen to the work of Christ in our own lives, we receive the gift when we open up our hand and come to this very altar and receive Christ Himself in the palm of your very hand. So you see, our purpose here is found secure in the person of Jesus and what He has done for us. It's not about what we do or what we say, but it's all about Him. It's all found in Jesus who gives Himself to us. And He gives Himself to us more abundantly than we could possibly imagine. It's in Jesus we are given everything we could possibly need. We don't need more. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to find a better way. Our purpose, it has nothing to do with us or what we want. But it's about Jesus who gives Himself up completely for us. Jesus is all about giving, and for us, we do nothing. Because you see, the cross is where Jesus gives everything. He gives His strength, His blood, His sweat, and His very last words were given for us. On the cross of Christ, Jesus gives everything, and it's all about Him. Jesus accomplishes everything we could possibly need. And on Easter morning and the empty tomb, it has nothing to do with us, but it's about what God has done. It's about what Jesus did. The empty tomb gives us eternal life without our approval, without our asking for it. Our Lord just gives it to us. So Christ on the cross and the empty tomb on Easter morning has nothing to do with us. It has to do with what God does to us and for us. It's not about what we do. It's about what God gives and about what we receive in His Son. And we receive everything in Him. So as fellow members of the body of Christ, what does this really mean? It means that it really makes everything utterly simple, but completely, utterly difficult at the same time. Simple because we do nothing. But difficult because we need to make ourselves utterly significant without question. We need to forget about ourselves. Forget about what we want and let everything, and I mean everything, be about Jesus. As the people of God, we will let Christ speak. As those who teach Sunday school or lead Bible class, we will let Christ teach. As a pastor, it is not I that feed the sheep. It is Christ who comforts, guides, and feeds His sheep. The story of Christ isn't about anything that we do but it is about what Christ is doing for us, period. So if everything is about Jesus, it seems that our role as the people of God, as the many members of the body of Christ, is to make our lives and our actions completely invisible. Which means we need to pray and pray hard. We need to pray for wisdom to actually do it and not look at ourselves. 
but to look only to Jesus. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to stand and we're going to pray for that wisdom. So at this time, please rise as I pray. We pray. I then have nothing before you. I am as one who is dead. I commit my soul into your pure hands. In this age and in the age to come, you are able to do all things. You know all things and desire every good thing for all men and ever desire my salvation. This is clear for the blessings that in your grace you ever give to us, visible and invisible, known and unknown. And the gift of yourself, O Son, and Word of God that is beyond understanding. Yet who am I that I should dare speak to you of these things? You search our hearts. I speak of them in order to make it known to myself and to my enemies that I take refuge in you, the harbor of my salvation. For I know that by your grace you are God. I do not dare to say many things, but only wish to set before you an intellect that is inactive, deaf, and mute. It is not myself, but your grace that accomplishes all things. For knowing that I am always full of evil, I do not attribute such things to my own goodness. And because of this, I fall down as a servant before you. For you have found me worthy of repentance, and I am your servant. But do not allow me, my Lord Jesus, to do or to say anything contrary to your will. The sins I have already committed are enough, but in whatever way you desire, have mercy on me. I have sinned. Have mercy on me as you know I believe, Lord, that you hear my pitiful cry. Help my unbelief. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.